And welcome to another edition of the Galaxy Moonbeam Nightsight. We are your retro talk network for nostalgia and baby boomer stuff. I'm Smitty. I'm Mike. And I'm Ian. On today's show, we look at the world of collectible newspapers with our special in-studio guest. And welcome to another edition of Galaxy Moonbeam Nightsight here on the Galaxy Nostalgia Network. We're pleased to have you with us. The G-Men are here with you once again, and we have a guest in the studio, a special guest in the studio. And Mike, I'm going to turn it over to you so you can introduce our guest and... We can get started on this fascinating topic. Well, thanks, Mitty. And I guess it is Kindred Spirit Day here at Galaxy Nostalgia Network. A Kindred Spirit, in my case, is my good friend Jeff Prescott, who is a newsman, was a newsman, still a newsman, because you never not be a newsman once you're a newsman. And usually we guys like us that are newsmen dovetail into sidelines when we get done reporting the news. We start collecting things that are historically or nostalgically significant to us about the news. In this case, my good friend Jeff Prescott. Actually, he's a good friend of everybody here in the studio. Uh, Jeff uh, collects newspapers, and he's an authority on the care and feeding of collectible newspapers. Let me tell you a little bit about our friend Jeff here. Uh, Jeff started out at KAF. Why in Bakersfield, a radio station that I think our friend Shotgun Tom had worked at for a while. I think he did. He yeah. was at Caffey, wasn't he? He was. He was at Caffey. Jeff was there in 1971 and worked as a news and sports writer at, here in San Diego at KSDO in 1972. Worked at KSEA in 73 on to KGB. He actually started up a station, KCNN, which was an all-news all station, 1360. That was in 1982. He hired the staff and got it on the air and actually had Ted Turner drop by for the open house and the liftoff of that station. And he's been newsman sidekick. He had a show, uh, Berger and Prescott, at KFMB that I was very fond of. But uh, he was a sidekick at KGB and one of my favorite stations in San Diego, 91X, doing the news in the mid-90s. And, of course, as I said, at KFMB, he was doing late afternoon talk show. Uh, Jeff uh, is a resident, a uh, local in San Diego, but he has an attraction. He has a remembrance of L.A., much like I did. Uh, I'm a transplant from Los Angeles, as we've talked about in many other Galaxy Nostalgia shows. Jeff, how you doing today? Welcome. May I speak now? I'm doing... You know, you know being in radio for so long, I'm a horrible guest because... I did that on purpose, Jeff. Because I talk like this. You have nine seconds for the left in the show. Okay. I'm a terrible guest because I speak like an announcer, and I will answer like one, right, Ian? Yeah, it took you a whole three minutes to get this guy on. I, I timed it here. So the show's just about over then, right? That's right. Thank you, Mike. That was yeah. a great... Uh, introduction and also it makes me about 122 years old so, that's right uh, i'm feeling it today out here you know uh, yeah that's all true because uh, i wrote that so uh, yes that's true you very did good. and you did a darn good Thank job you, you know much. hey jeff's done this before <laughs> yeah. but tell us a little bit about it you know when early in our production meeting we talked about the herald examiner which oh. you and i are equally oh, fond of uh, you and i grew up with that paper <laughs> yep and uh, you were a paper boy, weren't you? I delivered the Herald right. Examiner when I was in high school back yes. in uh, 67 or 68. I had my route. 
Whereabouts in L.A.? What part of L.A.? In Encino, California. Encino. In the San Fernando Valley. 91316, if you're following along on your uh, Google map there. Oh, yeah. a, a guy rolling with the 316. Yeah, and I'll tell you what. <laughs> I can tell you that the paper was, uh, it was 275 a month daily oh. and Sunday. Now, you're supposed to tip your paper boy. And so sometimes I would just, you know, somebody would give me three bucks and I'd walk away. And back in those days, you know, it's like, hey, 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 where's my quarter change? (laughs) Sunny, sunny. And plus, I mean, there wasn't, I I think every president up until, I don't know, Clinton or something like that was a paper boy or something like that. You know, Roosevelt was a paper boy. Ike was a paper boy. JFK was a paper boy. I was a paper boy, but I wasn't president, I don't think. (laughs) But um, it was good. And I got ripped off by my Herald Examiner distributor every single month, you know, because you had to collect in cash. Right. And then you had to count the money out. And then the guy would say, well, you know, for your papers, 56 papers, you owe me, you know, you know, 62 bucks. And I only collected like 57 bucks with tips. And so I'd like uh, lose money every month delivering the Herald. I, I never understood that. Uh, so I think it was a con game going on. Oh, wow. <laughs> you threw the papers. I was t- telling Smitty before the show, I actually, I worked out of a brick and mortar, as they call it nowadays. My uncle was a barber. And I was over south of Encino. I was in Highland Park in Eagle Rock. And my <laughs> uncle had a barber shop on York Boulevard. So you're a bookie. I was... Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> Actually, I was the bag man. Oh, uh, I saw, little, 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 little heat with you right now. St- I shine, <laughs> sh- I shine shoes at my uncle's barber shop, and we sold the Herald Examiner. Oh man, what edition? Uh, we we sold the late, the, 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 the one, late. the one with the uh, race results, because yep. that dovetailed into our uh, right. four-legged investment activity known as Hollywood Park or Santa Anita. Yep. Well, that's where I uh, grew up. I want to yeah. tell people, and I think it's important, and I've told you guys this before. You know, the Herald Examiner at one point in time, starting in like 1964, had the largest evening circulation in America. Oh yeah. And uh, um, you know, the evening paper was an incredible phenomenon. Now, you kids out there may not know this, but back in the old days, people would not only get the morning paper delivered, but many families would get the evening paper delivered. I mean, it was the only way, because news wasn't 24-7. News was barely at 6 o'clock. You know, the first network newscasts, I think, were 15 minutes, right. as a matter of yes, fact. Were, at least at CBS. Yes, and they changed in 63. There you go. And you had certain parts of the day that certain people liked to... With me, as I said, that our big paper was the race results. And that came in about, what, 6 o'clock, I think. Well, that, 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 that you're probably talking, well, the, the, I can tell you, I can go so deep, it, it is sickening. But uh, the, the first Herald Examiner to have any race results would be the 8-star. Yeah, the 8-star. That went to press at about uh, 2.30 or 2.45, and that would have the Hollywood Parker Santa Anita daily double. Now, when it was Del Mar, and the first race didn't start till 2.00, they might get the first race in the eight star. Now the sunset was the next edition, which went at about uh, four thirty, and yep. then you could have four or five races. Mm-hmm. But the best Herald Examiner edition ever was the Starlight, and that would not go to press until all the races were done at about five thirty, right. and it would hit the streets at about six thirty to seven, and make it to the valley by about seven forty-five mm-hmm. or eight o'clock. But the Starlight had all the races. Now you're saying. Why was the Herald Examiner in, in New York, the Journal American, and in Chicago, the Sun-Times, so big? It was the only place that you could get race results. That's right. Or maybe on the radio, KIEV, 
the mighty Ted yeah. 90, XCRB, yeah. would have the race results, the recreations, as a matter of fact. Yeah. But now, the, now this dovetails into another point of society. And if you guys are starting to fall asleep, wake up. <laughs> the only gambling legally back in the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s was Atlantic City. Well, not even Atlantic City, excuse me, Vegas, mm -hmm. then Atlantic City or the racetrack. Yep. Now, why are the racetracks dying now? Because of the lottery. That's People right. don't want to go to the stupid racetrack where you can only win some money or I should say and, lose and some the money Indian casinos every too. 30 minutes in the Indian yeah. casinos. But racing was like the only real common form mm -hmm. of gambling across America. And back to the Herald Examiner, back to the horse racing. Remember the uh, what edition was race results from Caliente? Ah, now Caliente raced on Saturdays and Sundays. Right. So um, you would have to actually get the extremely rare. Um, I would get the L.A. Times early Sunday edition that would come out twice at uh, like 4.30 and 6.30 on Saturday nights. We'd have to drive from Encino to Hollywood yep. to get that late wow. edition. I'll go down to the uh, news rack on Western Avenue and pick them up. Uh -huh. My favorite was uh, the uh, great uh, newsstand at Hollywood and Coanga, which is still there. Yep. The one a little down the street uh, at Hollywood and Las Palmas, right awesome. uh, off of Highland. I don't think it's there anymore. I think they just closed that they down. They probably did shut it down, but that had been there forever. Forever. Yeah, it was next to the Hollywood Gold Cup, yep. which was a coffee shop that... Uh, yep. <clears throat> A certain type of person used to go to. I, that's all <laughs> I'll say. Go there, get your magazines, go to the Gold Cup, <laughs> yeah. whatever else. Get a cup of coffee. Grab yeah. some groceries over at the Hollywood Ranch Market. Oh, the Hollywood Ranch Market. Yeah. <laughs> you want to talk about those loaves of bread at the Hollywood oh, Ranch boy. Market? Oh, my oh. God. We're talking Hollywood nostalgia Hollywood, here. Exactly, yeah, which is oh, a whole other uh, well, genre. But Jeff and I ran the same yeah, streets. You guys were the in the same, same area. Yeah, you were in the same area. And the Herald Examiner was the paper. You had the LA Times in the morning. That's what the big, you know, that's what the stodgy people, the button-down, the business people got the LA Times. And, of course, a lot of people had the LA Times delivered in the morning. Right. And the Herald Examiner delivered in the afternoon. That was the night paper. I love the Herald Examiner because I made a lot of money selling it and, and the side products that went with working in a barber shop selling paper shining shoes <laughs> but the best uh, what i liked about the herald examiner even at a younger age was the great writing you had bob considine mr la rabbi magnan walter winchell the herald and the uh, the, the steamer. examiner and the Her bud ferrillo bud the, ferrillo steamer. the steamer. um you know i talked to uh, steve hartman the uh, great legendary la sports talk host and he did a show with a uh, bud ferrillo of the, the steamer of the herald examiner for many many years and uh well, I didn't realize the steamer. Now that he's gone, mm -hmm. I think we can say this. Yeah. Uh, he he liked to smoke and drink, oh, and not all, everything was legal. Yeah. Uh, he was a, quite a crazy guy. And also, I have come to find out that uh, there was a handicapper in the Herald Express called Senior Sombrero, mm -hmm. and that was Bud Ferrillo. Bud Ferrillo. Wow. Pretty cool. And we had a Melvin Durslag. Mel Durslag. He's still alive, by the he way. He is still around. And, still smoking uh, cigars. God, and also Bob Hunter Bob was Hunter, the law, yeah. and I went to school with Bob Hunter Jr. He went wow. to uh, Birmingham High School, so I got to know Bob Hunter Jr. His dad yeah. was the legendary Herald Examiner beat writer who got the exclusive mm -hmm. in uh, November of 1966 when Sandy Koufax announced his retirement. He called Bob Hunter first. Wow. And Bob Hunter in the Herald broke that story that Koufax was retiring because of his elbow in 66. Well, you know, and we're talking with Jeff, uh, so many memories about the Herald Examiner. We're using the Herald Examiner as an example of a time way back when the, the daily newspaper, it was the heart and soul of the city you lived in. 
in our case, and as, as Jeff and I are talking about, it was the Herald Examiner, but in your town, because this podcast goes all over the country and for the world that matter, if you're a baby boomer and beyond and, and you, you were around in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, you got your news uh, from probably the one evening newscast on TV, if your family was fortunate enough to have a TV set, but mostly from the newspaper. Right. My dad would drive home from work, and I'd be with him, and I'd jump out at the liquor store in the corner and have a dime and run up and get the Herald Examiner. That's how we found out what was going sure. on for the day. The, and, the paper uh, was a lot more important Well, it was uh, the heart and soul days. of yeah. the city. Yeah. It was the people, the personalities, uh, the writers. We talked about Mr. L.A., uh, Bob Considine, Rabbi Magnin, who was a, a very prominent community leader in the Wilshire area of Los Angeles, but he was also a very prominent religious leader. He was right. Jewish, but right. he spoke for all of the religions. He basically was a non-denominational spokesman, right. very, very popular columnist, yeah. and he would give advice on how to be a better person, self-help advice. Before it was called self-help, back when it was known as common sense. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, newspapers have, unfortunately, uh, I think they've gone off gone off into oblivion along with the Morse code telegraph key and uh, t you know the rabbit ears on your TV set but we're going to have Jeff talk about what happened to the newspaper industry you know we have uh, political administrations who will blame problems on the political administration before them hint 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 uh, in the case of newspapers a lot of the blame goes to the advent of the internet uh, don't think so. If you've got something, you do it well, you do it best, and you're the greatest that there is, uh, you're not going to be chased out of town by anybody. Jeff, what happened? What happened with the big newspapers? Well, I think Ian will corroborate uh, this lie with me. No, with th <laughs> this fact that when we were radio guys, I mean, the agenda was set by the newspaper guys. True. Absolutely. Because they had enough people to staff every city council meeting, every police thing, every fire thing, every community thing, and they got in the face of every politician, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and the thing is that now, as the economics of the uh, newspaper industry kill many papers and make them the flimsy little thing that everybody, if you still read a paper, the problem is that, and this is happening as we speak, the, the more reporters they cut, the fewer people get in the face of your mayor, mm -hmm. of your city council people, of your people in Sacramento or wherever your state capital is. And I'll tell you what, the accountability goes down because of the fewer reporters and the corruption is going to go up. These politicians are slicker than ever. They're going to get away with more mischief. I mean, just read your paper every day, any day. And you're seeing that these guys like are, are, are getting double pensions. I'm sure. curious, was mm -hmm. some of this taken over by, I, I'll specifically point to one talk show, was this, some of this stuff in the newspapers, was it taken over by, let's say, John and Ken on KFI? They're doing the muckraking that newspapers used to do. They seem to be the only guys who really get it. I mean, these guys, I don't, I don't think you can tell if they're Republican or Democrat. They hate any weasel politician or O.J. Simpson. You know, it's just that they get in the face of this crap that goes on with these politicians and I mean, where do you go where there's not somebody being indicted or investigated? John and Ken have picked this thing up, and for the last, whatever they've been on the air, 20 years, they get it. Yeah. And they stuff it in the face of these people, and gosh, I wish they were more talented radio people. And that was the role newspapers used to be. Well, newspapers, they were the ones at the city council meetings. They were the ones that had their reporters on street level, on sidewalk, you know, boots on the sidewalk, finding the stories 
of course, radio people. I've lived in both in both industries, but uh, in LA radio, uh, you take the handoff from what you read in the paper that morning. That's pretty much what you're going to talk your afternoon drive time. That's pretty much what your show is going to be about. The paper pretty much set. Yes. the agenda and probably still sets the agenda mm-hmm. for a lot of people, you know, and uh, I doubt there's more than three radio stations in the country that can actually investigate things. I know WTOP in New- in uh, Washington, supposedly they have a staff of like a hundred, not reporters, but people, they can still do an effective job. John and Ken, they get it. I don't know who the muckrakers are anymore. I don't know if there's any left, but uh, these are the guys who keep the politicians honest and uh, keep the society honest. You know, we sorely miss that, and we'll never go back. Right. Because bloggers are just sitting at home blogging and ripping off other ideas and things like that. Not to say that there aren't some worthy ones out there. I wanted to ask Mm -hmm. you about those so-called golden days, if we might call them that. Yeah. Were people getting afternoon newspapers because A, they didn't want to miss anything, or B, because of the races, or C, because it was a ritual, or all three? Well, I think what's important was that uh, back in the old days, Dad used to go to work. (sighs) And Dad didn't know what was happening for eight hours when he was working his nine-to-five. And Dad came home, and if he missed Uncle Walter or Huntley and Brinkley, he didn't know what was going on. So Dad had to know what was going on in the evening paper and in those days, the evening paper probably wouldn't go to press till like, you know, 2, one thirty, two, something like that. It pretty much had the basis of what was going on in the world. Um, the evening paper was important because it had today's news today, as the Herald Examiner used to say and many others. And uh, there was no other way to know what was going on. And it was sort of fresh. Yeah. Because you, you, the broadcast uh, TV wasn't doing it for us. It was still largely a headline service? Uh, yeah, I think so. And th- th- they had no technology. In fact, if even up until the late 60s, if, if a TV station wanted to get something on the air, you guys know this, they had to shoot film. Mm-hmm. And, what, right. and, and you know how they employed a lot of guys? Motorcycle guys. That's They'd right. shoot the film, yeah. give the canister to uh, the, a guy on a motorcycle, a runner, go and he'd wow. run from the San Fernando Valley over to NBC and Burbank or to, or, the film house. to, or to wherever, and they'd have to develop the film. Soup there the was film. no truck or anything Nothing. like that. It was amazing. Nothing, and, and your communication medium was your little pocket full of dimes, and hopefully you had a phone booth <laughs> that wasn't smashed or being used because that's how you called in your story and said you had film coming in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I loved it. Uh, we've talked a little bit about what happened with newspapers, the good old days up in L.A. with uh, two strapping young guys out roaming the streets of L.A., throwing the Herald Examiner. And didn't we hate Wednesday, which was food Wednesday. day. Uh-oh. And the paper yes. was like 60 pages. <laughs> and, and for me, I could barely get, on Wednesday food day, I could barely get my papers in my bag. Yeah and not fall over. And wow. I mean fall off my bike. That's wow. how big the papers were. And, uh, you know, and you love Saturday. Love Saturday. Saturdays was, uh, were good. Three sections and uh, no more than like 24 pages. You know, you could walk around with those things under yeah. your arm. And you could throw it early and get home at a decent there hour. There you go. And yeah, then also exactly. on Saturday, half the Sunday paper would be delivered to half your house. Half the Sunday. And Sunday, you'd have to stuff the papers. Just assemble oh. them. Wow. On That's your cool. stairs early Sunday morning. Assen- it, assemble yesterday's into today's it, it and get out cool. to work. But when we come back, we're going to talk about the some of the bigger headlines in newspapers, some of the collectible newspapers, some more collectible than others, and uh, maybe what that little stack of newspapers you found in your grandmother's trunk in the garage <laughs> might be worth 
Uh, you may be surprised either way. So get ready to cry or laugh your way all the way to the bank because we're going to have our guest Jeff Prescott come back and tell us about the world of the care and feeding of collectible newspapers when we get back on Galaxy Moonbeam Night Site here on the Galaxy Nostalgia Network. The world moves so fast it's often hard to keep up. So the Times stops it every day, separates it into easy-to-read sections, news, sports, business, entertainment, features, commentary. Its outstanding staff of writers and editors fill each issue with so many things you want to know. It takes a special kind of journalism to put the world together in a way that makes sense. The Los Angeles Times. Welcome back to GalaxyMoonbeamNightSight.com here on the Galaxy Nostalgia Network. The three G-Men are here with you, and along with us is our in-studio guest, Jeff Prescott. We're talking about newspapers, the good old days of delivering papers. We just talked a little bit about what it was like back in the old days when uh, you delivered papers and when you uh, had all the different papers that would come to your house. Jeff, let's talk a little bit about the collectability. You collect vintage newspapers. How did you get started doing that? Uh, I'm a geek, basically, <laughs> is, uh, is what the deal is. You know, it's really funny. People always say, oh, you're a newspaper collector. Well, uh, hey, you know, do you have the Kennedy assassination? <laughs> well, yeah, of course I've got the Kennedy assassination. <laughs> but it's kind of crazy. I, I really love the, the, the visual of, as we were talking about in segment one, evening papers. Evening right. papers were sold primarily on the streets. Mm -hmm. And in order to captivate people... On, on the streets to stop, pull over, and, and give the newsboy a dime. You had, you had screaming headlines. Now, look, they used to call newspapers the scandal sheet. You know, mm -hmm. the, the bigger murder, the better. Mm -hmm. There's no doubt about that. But if you have, like, a nice double-decker headline, mm -hmm. you know, widow socialite found murdered in toilet, that's going to sell a ton <laughs> of papers, you know? Sure. And, and I love... A nice evening double-decker headline paper. To me, that screams out news. And I just collect stuff because I like to collect headlines like that. I've got great murders going back to the 20s and 30s, which are just beautiful if you saw them. Of course, I have the Kennedy assassination, which I think for the uh, our generation, that's the benchmark. You know, I got Manson. We lived in the space era. I think the best thing I have, and talk about the, Her the Herald Examiner used to come out with nine to ten different editions a day, mm -hmm. starting at 10 a.m. and going till about 5 p.m. And um, when John Glenn went into orbit three times back in February of 1962, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's it. Mm -hmm. um, the Herald Examiner came out with an edition every hour wow. of it. And, and I have that day, I have, I believe, eight different Herald Examiners from the day John Glenn went up. First when he was getting ready, the next edition when he was in his first orbit, the next edition when he was in his second orbit, when he was in his third orbit, when he was coming down, after he came down. And there were no pictures, there was just an artist rendering in the final edition. of So that to me was like a great day, Glenn. Of course in 69, in uh, July of 69 when we went to the moon, and that was on a Sunday. Right. So you had to go out and get your LA Times, which was extra, on the moon that Sunday night. Um, it, it uh, you know, those were the days when you needed papers to find out what was happening. And those the, those papers that you were talking about, Jeff, during the uh, the John Glenn flight, now mm -hmm. those that came out every hour, were those extras? Um, there was only one, like, non... 
scheduled edition. Okay. The rest were taken care of because uh, the, the the papers had t- two purposes. They had to come out with the first edition had race scratches. You had to find out who wasn't running at Hollywood Park in Santa Anita that day. <laughs> then the next edition would be was uh, the Herald was called the Night Edition, which came out at uh, eleven in the morning. I don't know why they called it the Night Edition, hmm. but it had the opening stocks because people could not find out what was happening with their stocks any other way except getting the paper. And then the next edition would have the 2 p.m. stocks, Eastern Time, 11 a.m. here on the coast. And then the final home edition might get the complete stocks in. And that was when the markets closed at uh, 1 o'clock Pacific Time. And then, of course, the first street edition was the 8-star that edition of the Herald Examiner was the best. It was actually printed in the afternoon. It was the first way anybody could find out about how their stocks did that mm-hmm. day. And also, as I said, it had the Daily Double from Hollywood Park, Santa Anita, or Pomona. So, uh, so it, Glenn coincided with the editions of uh, many evening papers. Gotcha. Okay. I'm really going too deep into this. It's very interesting. I am a geek. I told you that. <laughs> <That's> very, <laughs> I told you that ahead of time. Very interesting. What were some of the first papers that you began collecting? Uh, anything in particular or just kind of whatever happened to be happening during that time period? Um, you, were... you know, I was captivated by, um, by stories from space because mm-hmm. when uh, Alan Shepard went up, uh, before John Glenn, and then John Glenn, and then we landed on the moon. I mean, these were benchmark events in our lives. Now, Mike, growing up in L.A., uh, you know, you had to have, in 68, RFK was shot. You had to have, in 69, the Manson murders. The Manson murders I mean, and the have, moon landing. Had to have that stuff. The Manson murders. Uh, the Herald Examiner was the tabloid of Can the I? town. And you mm-hmm. imagine a tabloid-type story, how it was written in a tabloid-type newspaper, where art versus art. The Tate LaBianca murders are Los Angeles. Husbands were staying up all night in the hallway with their shotgun because they knew these horrible killers, no one knew that it was the Manson family, they were still running amok, were going to come down their hallway and kill them. Thanks in part to the Herald Examiner because murdering monsters still at large. It was <laughs> right out of the 40s, right out of the movie of the front page. The, the, one of the worst nights of my life... <laughs> was the uh, day of the Manson murders, yes. and not because Sharon Tate and uh, all those people were killed, but because it happened. On, it was discovered on a Saturday morning, and believe it or not, guys, I had a date that night. Uh, I had a date okay. that oh. night, and so I'm thinking, hey, do I get to first or second base, mm. or do I go to Hollywood and get the evening edition of the Los Angeles uh, Times and Herald Examiner and get that first edition that mentions the Tate killings? Well, I, I, I went out on a date that night. <laughs> 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 Got to tell you, you know, uh, newspapers are cool, but, uh, yes, you know, exactly. a rare high school Gotta date. Got to draw the line uh, somewhere. Got to draw the line somewhere. somewhere. Now, you know, the, the, the headline on the next day in the Herald Examiner, which was essentially their first edition yeah. uh, uh, concerning the uh, Tate murder, was Hollywood Houseboy Held in Tate Killing. They thought it was the. Uh, they thought the butler did it. They mm-hmm. thought that the uh, houseboy did it at first, and it wasn't until you know they discovered the LaBianca killings two days later, I guess on Monday morning, that they had some cult thing going on because of the uh, the, the the blood writings on the wall of the LaBianca mm-hmm. house and all that. But at first, they did suspect uh, the houseboy, mm-hmm. and he was held by L.A. police, mm-hmm. and that's how the investigation into the Manson uh, killing started. And the L.A. Times is where you got your police releases. Lieutenant Dan Cook reported to the L.A. Dan Times. Cook, yeah. But the Herald Examiner is where you got 
the juicy stuff. Oh. And that's where... Stuff the Times wouldn't print. Yeah, stuff that uh, a Herald Examiner reporter, in which they were very, very creative sorts, would go talk to a neighbor two blocks over who saw a dark car with some individuals in it. And that's what would terrify you, reading that in the Herald Examiner that night. That's what would make you keep all the lights on that night, because you know those murderers were going to come right up off Avenue 51 in Highland Park on Rangeview Avenue and <laughs> slaughter the entire Bragg family right. with yeah. with uh, window scrapers or, yeah. or whatever it is they used a they used a carving knife on on Mr. Labianco. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, yeah it, it was sad. It, it was grim. Well, you know the relationship between the police and the reporters back in the days of the front page and the 20s, 30s, 40s. Ian, you know this very well. Uh, they loved each other. They'd, oh, they'd go drinking. You know, you know what the deal was. They hung out. They would. They would. If if Mike was a suspect and you were the photographer for the Herald Express, the cop would say, "Hey, Mike, sit there, yeah. smile, yeah. because this guy from the Herald Express is going to take your picture. Yeah, this is my buddy here. <laughs> this is my buddy here. So wow. do this for my photographer friend. Like and me as the suspect." You'd because smile. there was a Herald Examiner photographer there, I would just mug it up. Hey, here, try take another one. You didn't get me. I here, think I, my good side. I think I might have blinked. Yeah, yeah, that's how it was. In fact, yeah. the great actress Diane Keaton, who uh, you know Woody Allen's uh, girlfriend, she uh, combed the uh, files of the Herald Express and the Herald Examiner, and has a book, and I can't remember the name of it right now. But if anybody is interested in some wonderful, uh, great LA press photography of uh, what we're talking about, mm. the Perp Walk. Or something like that. Uh, Google, you know, by Diane Keaton, and uh, you will get a book of unbelievable crime photos that will just uh, set yourself on fire. We'll have to look that up. And the other thing is, we should talk for a second about the New York Daily News, mm -hmm. which was, of course, New York's picture newspaper, and uh, their celebrated and legendary crime photographer was Ouija, W E E G E E, who used. Um, a speed graphic camera. One of those guys who had the big, you know, uh, holding up the big light and huge boxy camera. And there's a book called, I believe it's called Ouija's World. Ouija's World, I have it. Actually. And I've got that book too. Yeah. And I mean, if you want to see, you know, just wonderful crime scene, you know, people wiped out by cars, people stabbed. And it's not as gross as you think because it's art. It is really art. And it's Beautiful. So Ouija's World and uh, Diane Keaton's book. Ouija had a, a, a developing darkroom in the trunk of his car. Yes, yes. And he was the only news reporter photographer in the city of New York that had a permit to carry a police radio in his car. That's how close, like Jeff's saying, that's how close the reporters were, in this case Ouija, one of the best news photographers, oh, or man. the best of all time. That's how he got his leads. The cops would be on their way to a horrible murder and... He'd be in the radio they car. They would call Ouija. Wow. Yeah. You're talking about my neck of the woods with the Daily News. The Daily News. Now, I was in, when I was in high school and junior high, the teachers there used to look down their nose at the Daily of News. Of course, because it was and a blue-collar paper. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was just picture, mostly pictures. Yeah. And they, so one of the teachers told me, it's for three kinds of people. Those who too too lazy to read, those who don't have the time to read, or those who are too stupid to read. <laughs> so that's and they because they always touting the New York Times, of yeah, course. Well, of course. But you you have all this kind of like uh, you know uh, strata in society about who reads what. Well, that's that's it. You know, papers back in those days, there's many papers still called the so and so Democrat or the so and so Republican yeah. because you'd actually much the UK personifies that probably better than any place else you you align your political philosophy with the paper that you read <laughs> now also in america we had evening papers which were the paper of the blue collar 
and you had the white-collar newspapers like the New York Times. Yeah. When I was in uh, London right. uh, a couple of years ago, you never saw anybody on the subway reading the Times of London, which is like the most respected paper in the world, but you saw a lot of people with the Sun, which had the naked, the topless girl on page three and the Daily Mirror, same thing. Nobody reading the Times would take the subway. Well, it was the same thing with the New York papers. I mean, your Daily Mirror and your New York Daily News, definitely blue-collar papers. Why is it England has more papers? Because they read... Is that it? That's or is it because it. they don't have a lot of broadcast outlets? Well, they do now. Well, the how BBC... are they going to wrap up all those fish and chips to go? Yeah, that, that's very <laughs> true. You know, it's it's just more ingrained, I think, in that society where they, they, they have as much news as we do now because they have satellite. They have B-Sky-B, which is uh, something that Murdoch has a share in and wants to take over the whole thing. And they have BBC... Uh, that uh, I think one channel broadcast news all the time, and they got commercial radio now started started a few years yes, ago. They do it? absolutely. So they, they got do. all the kind of stuff we have, but still more newspapers. Still, just yeah, a, they have. Uh, if you want to count them all, they got like thirteen daily papers. Incredible. Some are free in the UK. Yeah, but uh, definitely uh, they read more so far. Yeah. Jeff, you were talking to Ian and, and myself uh, uh, about a month and a half ago about the, the day of the Kennedy assassination yes. and the different uh, issues of the paper that came out. Talk oh, to us yeah. about that. that. That was fascinating. Well, this is a great thing. You know, everybody says, do you have the Kennedy paper? <laughs> and I say, yeah, I got the Kennedy paper. But I tell people, and I've told you guys this before, I, I say, yeah, I've got Kennedy dead or Kennedy slain or Kennedy assassinated. But to me, the best paper is the one with the headline, Kennedy shot. Mm -hmm. And if you think about this, when the president was uh, shot in Dallas at, uh, what was it, 1230 Dallas time? So it was about 1030 on the the West Coast. Mm -hmm. I was actually living in Boston, so it was uh, about 130. Mm -hmm. But anyway, okay, figure it out. You're working at the newspaper. You get a flash. President shot. We got to get this to press right away. But what was the printing process back in 1963? Well, first of all, somebody had to type the copy out on what was called a linotype machine. The words you read are called slugs, and they had to actually hand type that. And then they had to set that in the page form, which is the the, the literal hot metal print of what the paper is going to look like. So they had to get the word, they had to type it up, they had to hand assemble a headline. Then they've set all that in type. And then to make the newspaper back in 1963, they had to roll over it with thousands of pounds of pressure on a piece of paper mache. And that will get the imprint of the, uh, of the type, literally. And then they had the paper mache, and then they had to dip that in lead. Because that's how they rolled it on the press. So after they dip this in lead and they they trim it and they physically lift this 40-pound press plate onto the presses and then start the presses, which is a whole other thing where the presses have to literally get up to speed, we're talking about, and plus they were caught off guard by this, you're talking 20, 25 minutes where the presses are up and running. Well, guess what? At about the 25-minute mark, they had another flash. The president's dead. Uh, so you want to talk about your literal stop the presses moment. These newspapers that said Kennedy's shot are worthless because he's dead. And so they have to stop the presses. They have to retype the, the, and go through the whole 20-minute process again. So, now don't forget, people aren't saying, 
hey, you know, in uh, you know 2000 or in 1998, there's going to be this thing called eBay, and people are going to want to save these and collect them and buy these. So yeah. people are throwing, they're, they're literally throwing these papers away. Right. I mean, some of them might not have even left the printing press yet. So the Kennedy shot, to me, uh, not only is rare, but it brings to mind Jeff Prescott's Holy Grail. Now, first of all, I have the L.A. Herald-Examiner Kennedy shot. I've got a Miami Herald Kennedy shot. I've got a New York Journal-American. I've got a New York World-Telegram and Sun. I've got a Chicago Sun-Times, all with the president's shot. Cool. But what I don't have, and I don't know if it exists, is a Los Angeles Times Kennedy shot. Now, I know, I've called the late David Shaw, the uh, L.A. Times uh, uh, media writer. I've called uh, my friend Larry Harnish, who uh, uh, works at the Times, writes uh, some obituaries and stuff. I hooked up with this guy who was a press quality supervisor of the L.A. Times, whose collection I actually bought from him. And I've asked all these guys, was there ever a Kennedy shot L.A. Times? Because... This leads into another geeky thing here. Many newspapers, when they have different editions, to differentiate the editions, and every edition went to the library, your central library, they'd have little stars on the top of the page. Now, a New York Post from the 1980s, their last edition would have nine stars sometimes because they had nine editions. The Herald-Examiner had designations. They had eight-star, SS for Sunset, SL for Starlight, and all this. Anyway... The L.A. Times, when they had their final edition in the morning that went on on the streets, it would have a little 9 on the page because it used to be called the 9 a.m. final. If they had to replate that, they'd put a little 2 next to it, so there'd be a 9-2. Well, I've got a Kennedy 9, uh, 9-3, 9 with a little 3, and I've got a 9 from the edition that didn't even have Kennedy. But where's the 9-2? If there's a 9-3... It had to be preceded by a 9-2. I've never found that paper. So I, the story that I heard was that the L.A. Times actually did mock up a Kennedy shot or something like that paper, but it never left the building. And so they scratched that and put just two lines of uh, bold type in the next edition that said, Assassinate Kennedy. And underneath that was the body of a story that said the president was shot. So whether that edition ever made it to the streets or not, I have never seen one. It's my holy grail, and before I go, I hope I find out. And you, the listeners, <laughs> may find out what, in fact, a Kennedy shot 9-3 could be worth if you've got one lining your grandmother's cedar chest. <laughs> when we come back from the break, Jeff Prescott, our guest, is going to tell us what those newspapers are worth and which ones are worth more than others. And which ones you can just probably recycle back to the bottom of the canary cage. When we come back on Galaxy Moonbeam Night Sight, right here on the Galaxy Nostalgia Network. Mike Lupica and Howard Cosell for the Daily News. What's on your mind these days, Howard? Weighty things, Mike. Changing political currents, summit diplomacy. But most often, Howard. Baseball, Michael. The World Series looms. That means more fans turning to the Daily News. For great coverage and pretty good columns. You're too modest. There are great sports columns in the Daily News, only one of which is yours. Daily News, New York hometown paper. What a great commercial. I, I like that. I like that little jingle at the end. Welcome back to GalaxyMoonbeamNightSight.com here on the Galaxy Nostalgia Network. Uh, the G-Men are back with you with our special guest, Jeff Prescott. We're talking about newspapers before the break. 
Jeff was talking to us about the different issues that uh, of the uh, paper that came out the day President Kennedy was assassinated. And Jeff, you're going to uh, talk to us a little bit about uh, maybe what some of these papers might be worth as far as in the collector world. I talk will. Uh, the answer is they're worth absolutely nothing. So please send all your papers <laughs> to Jeff Prescott, USA, yes. America. Uh, yes. um, you know, it seems glamorous, but I've never paid more on eBay than about $230 for a newspaper. And it's really funny because I'm speaking specifically about when Marilyn Monroe uh, killed herself. She was discovered at 2 a.m. on a Sunday in Los Angeles in, uh, it must have been August of 1962. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, the thing is there that uh, it was on a Sunday. That's a really lousy newspaper day to off yourself because there's no papers on Sunday. Well, Let's say there were very few. And the, when I got interested in um, getting a Marilyn Monroe paper, I immediately said, well, wait a minute. The Los Angeles Times uh, preview edition for Monday is uh, out on Sunday evening. And it's a hometown paper. So here's a picture you guys can see this of uh, this Sunday night paper, oh. L.A. Times Extra uh, Monday preview edition came out on Sunday. Marilyn Monroe dies. Blame pills. Right. And we'll post that on our website, Jeff. Uh, All right. There you, scan go. Of that. Hey, there you go. We'll right. scan this yeah. for you. Anyway, the first time I bought this uh, paper here, I paid $232 for it in extremely heavy bidding on eBay. And let's talk about eBay. eBay has changed everything for me and probably for any collector of almost anything out there. Because before that, uh, you would have to go to the, uh, the Rose Bowl in Pasadena where they used to have swap meets. Uh, in San Diego, you'd go to uh, the swap meet at the sports arena. Back in the uh, early days, there weren't estate sales. And whenever I see an estate sale, uh, I always just pull over and say, Got any newspapers? <laughs> mm -hmm. And I sometimes will hear, Hey, you know, uh, Granny, um, Granny put some papers uh, in her drawer. And uh, yeah, I got this right here. Says Marilyn Monroe dies, blames pills. I, yeah, all right, uh, you know, fifteen bucks. Okay, sure. Yeah. Now for that same paper on eBay, I've paid, as I said, the first time about two hundred thirty dollars. The second time I paid twenty twenty three dollars. I mean, it's for the same really, paper. For the same paper, wow. it's really weird. The papers. I wish I could tell you that you'd become really rich collecting them. And, I mean, I've got thousands of papers, and uh, many of them are just worthless. Yeah, It's really hard to say. But as I said, I've never paid more than 230 for that paper. How do you account for it going down sizably that way? You know, I don't know. I just think that the market sets the value. Now... I must say this, that a lot of newspaper collectors are not like me, and they don't even collect papers from the 20th century. They love, and we should talk about this a little bit, the rag paper editions of uh, the uh, late 1800s. And there are papers out there that you can get right now on eBay for, uh, or from uh, Timothy Hughes. He's at rarenewspapers.com. But Timothy Hughes, I've actually bought some papers from him, and he's got the gamut from the uh, Civil War uh, right up to the 20th century, more concentrating on the early days, the uh, 16, 17, 18, early 1900s. Great and he's place. approachable. He, he it, probably wouldn't mind us mentioning him on the show. Are you kidding? He'd love Loving it. it. We'll get a kickback, I hope, from him. Okay. Timothy so. Hughes, 
but people love papers from the 1700s oh. and the 1800s. And Ian, being a student of history, mm. there are some Lincoln assassination papers out there that uh, people still have, you know, from the 1860s and, and, and care more about those than Manson, Kennedy. We haven't mm. even spoken about Pearl Harbor, which we right, should a little yes, bit. Yeah. Because Pearl Harbor happened on a Sunday. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. And I want to tell you about the immense... All the I've busted people... Um, on eBay for doing two things. Selling reprints of that uh, famous Honolulu Star Bulletin first extra about Pearl Harbor being bombed. I I don't know if you guys have been to Hawaii, but I think we've all been to Hawaii. And everybody who's been to Hawaii, you go to the souvenir shop, you know, and they're selling that. And then people come back and they think, well, it's an original Pearl Harbor paper. Uh, I'm going to sell this on eBay for $300. I once bought this uh, Pearl Harbor paper on eBay from this guy. I knew it was a fake, but I bought it out of spite just to uh, just to go back and complain about him. Right. Because there's a distinct mark on the original uh, Honolulu Star Bulletin, and it says something, it says war, but there's a big black smudge between the W and the A, and that is on the original Honolulu Star Bulletin first extra, but on all the reprints, there's no smudge. So if you're ever collecting and you don't see a smudge on the word war, fake. How interesting. Plus, you can do a test of the paper. You could, I would think that, you know, paper well, from 1941 is going to be different than paper of today. That, too. But the thing that can be confusing is that they used better paper back in the 20s, 30s, and 40s. And some of some of the papers I have from, like, the 60s, the 1960s, were printed on thinner and cheaper paper, as all papers are now. And they yellow a lot faster. I, I have papers from the 1920s and 30s and 40s that are in better shape than in the 1960s, doing nothing to them. Mm. I was going to uh, ask you about that jeff i've seen newspapers where that have been folded in the the outer fold is, uh, is a, a brown breaks my heart yeah uh, can we do anything about no that? no no you that's... could tape them but that kind of kills yeah, the uh, yeah. intrinsic look what i've done because I, I have thousands of papers but i have personally framed i think it's up to about 300 now okay. and i open them up i lay them flat i put them on thank god for the aaron brothers penny sale every january and july where you can get two frames for the price of one i don't know why they do it i don't know how they do it but thank god they do it you know and so i have uh, laid flat those papers uh they will get a crease in the right. spine yeah. from being folded they'll st- i have papers I-, I also collect the daily racing form and i got a trove of racing papers but man they they flake that's the yeah i've and, seen that too where they just flake apart they, just, they will yeah. flake apart yeah. you know it's it's living paper that dies so uh if you have any papers i say open them up don't uh keep them folded in half and uh you know keep them out of the sun of course and do not do not put them in plastic bags right plastic. i do not think plastic bags is a good thing okay some people do but i think that moisture and humidity form uh, okay. inside those plastic bags so i uh you know i'll be long gone and then my son will have this problem because he's going to have to haul around thousands of papers throughout the rest of his life. And then uh, there'll be some nuclear disaster and we won't care. But for my lifetime, uh, my 300 best are under glass. Some are hanging. Wow, that's great. Some are in the garage. They used to be in the dining room, but my wife uh, didn't really like that well, too much. You mentioned a 300 best for the listeners. Uh, give us the top five best. Oh. What they're, what they're worth, Jeff. Uh, what you paid for them and why they are so valuable. Well, okay, I will. Okay. Well, first of all, my Kennedy shot papers I think are really cool. Absolutely. Uh, you can, on eBay, I don't think you can find a Kennedy shot right now, but a Kennedy slain, a Kennedy assassinated will do just as well. 
you know, eBay's so weird now. It, you can get them for five bucks. You can get them for twenty. You can, and some idiots they'll post a paper that they think is good, and they'll four hundred ninety nine dollars. It's like no, no. And then you see these papers relisted many times because nobody bought right. them. I'd say to me, Kennedy is uh, the best one. One of my favorite uh, papers is uh, well, you guys haven't been to my house. But uh, <laughs> not yet, not, not yet. Yeah, us, Jeff. But you will. <laughs> but 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 this one, this Herald Examiner Starlight Edition, Eichmann hanged from uh, 1962, I believe mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, the uh, yeah. When Adolf Eichmann, Hitler's henchman, right. w- was uh, went through the Nuremberg trials and yes. all that. But this paper's so beautiful, just symmetrically, mm-hmm. because it's got the big headline on top, Eichmann hanged, mm-hmm. and a picture of him. And it's just, to me, it's just beauty. It's mm. newspaper beauty. And you've got your too many red banners. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah. We've got the extras. And the Herald was a, such yeah. a beautiful The Herald paper. was so great. Yeah. And again, Their for, building was beautiful. Yeah. And again, for our listeners, we will post these pictures yes. so you can listen. Uh, if you're listening to our podcast, you can get on our website and you'll be able to see I, these pictures. I've been hanged, so... Why is that attractive to you? Uh, well, because I'm Jewish. Okay. Uh, <laughs> number two. Number one. The end of two. Just because of the symmetricalness of yes. the paper, and I think that if you live during the Nuremberg trials, sure. you know, don't forget he was behind a glass enclosed booth. This, this is like one of Hitler's henchmen. Yeah. Yes. And this leads us into, I have a beautiful paper uh, from the Los Angeles uh, uh, Examiner, as a matter of fact, uh, Hitler dead. Oh, that was 1945. Yes, it was. April 1st. So what what Jeff is telling us, listeners, is if it turns you on, if it's important to you, it means something to you, that raises the value and makes it more valuable to you than maybe the guy four doors down the street who collects uh, stories about uh, tennis stars. So number one, we always say this when we talk about collectibles and what they're worth, it's got to mean something to you first. Well, look right. at you guys here. I mean, you've got radios. Oh, we got radios. So oh, some people, we got, we some, got radios. Some people would go, nah, okay, that's cool. Yeah. But, but. Or, Gilbert, you and I have clocks. Yes, yeah. we do. We have the old Western the old yeah. clocks. Yeah. Some right. people would go, you know, get that piece, especially the wives, get that piece of junk out of here, <laughs> which is probably, you know, what we hear more than anything else. But we're going, but wait a minute, this is yeah. a beautiful Naval Observatory yes. Western Union yes. clock that That's ticks, right. ticks, ticks. That's right. So beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Absolutely. I just happen to think for newspapers, and I tell my son this, who's 17 now, and he's like never read a newspaper in his life except the Sunday comics when he was a little kid. This is history, buddy. And yeah. You know, we don't have recordings. We don't have video of, uh, uh, we personally don't have videos of of things that happened, of history. But we still have the papers. And uh, someone said, you know, those who uh, don't remember history are condemned to repeat it. That's and I think right. these are very, very important parts of everybody's lives. They knew where they were when this happened. Yeah, exactly. And it's important. So the other choices you've mentioned: uh, Kennedy assassination, Kennedy, Eichmann, Eichmann, uh, Pearl Harbor. No, Pearl. Yeah, I'd say my top, the top five for any serious collector is got to be Kennedy, the Moon, okay, uh, uh-huh. Pearl Harbor, and Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn Monroe, I think, Maybe. is a be- that was a huge, huge yeah. story when she killed herself in '62. Yeah. And uh, geez, you can take your pick of uh, you know what turns you on, either war wise. Uh, you know the end of the war. That, well, the H bomb. Yeah. I mean, I think that you gotta. I, and Pearl Harbor at dovetails into the H bomb. Right. The, the, the problem about World War II collecting is, if you look at these papers every day, there was a huge headline. You know, from Mussolini gets kicked out to Mus- to um, 
D-Day. D-Day yeah. to the Battle of the Bulge to, uh, uh, you know, is Paris burning? I mean, <laughs> yeah. you guys know all this stuff <laughs> sure. better than I do. But, like, every day there was big stuff going on. And this yeah. went on for, you know, four years. You had screaming headlines, extra after extra after wow. extra. It's it, it. You cannot comprehend how important this was to the greatest generation. Exactly. You know? That's so. right. Jeff, any uh, words of advice to maybe somebody out there who's listening who uh, wants to get into newspaper collecting? I, I just think the easiest entrance way is eBay. And, you know, thank God for eBay. And uh, also go to swap meets, go to estate sales. You'd be surprised uh, how many uh, papers uh, your grandpa, grandma, or your great-grandparents stashed away for and they didn't even know why. And then the kids are cleaning out their drawers and they go, wow, look at this paper. It's kind of cool. Yeah. So there you go. That's Swap great. meets and eBay. That's mm. great. And I guess a lot of people like to collect things like a uh, newspaper from the day that they were born. You can still do yeah. that, as yeah. a matter of fact. If yeah. you go to like the New York Times.com, uh, I think you can. I think they're giving them away. Uh, not giving them away. They're selling them now because they're not saving the physical papers anymore. Oh. They're microfilming them okay. or they're digitizing them yeah. now. So, uh, yeah. Oh, you're playing music here. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, Mike, we, so we turn Mike loose on the computer. Anyway, yes. so so <laughs> there's a great there's a whole just you can Google anything these days right. and get the newspaper from the day you were born. The physical paper, it's all uh, it's all there. That's great, Jeff. And um, what's the oldest paper that you've got? Uh, you know, I've got some from uh, the late 1890s, I believe. Okay. I don't even know what paper. But I just got a daily racing form, which was a great newspaper. We should t talk about that. I mean, back in the old days, the racing form and its companion paper, the Morning Telegraph. The Morning Telegraph was a New York morning newspaper that concentrated on three things horse racing theater and the movies i mean it was an un and it had the, the unbelievable columnists and uh, it was an unbelievable niche newspaper and I, I just got a daily racing form from 1925 which i really really dig i got one from 1921 as i said i've got i think i got a new york times from like the late 1890s but uh you know in the old days the type was really small right there were no pictures because they didn't get into the photographic engraving process until yeah. i believe the uh, early 20s or something like that. So papers had artists all the time. Yeah, because pictures didn't come until, was it the 20s or the teens? Uh, it could have been the teens. S somewhere in there, because I've seen old papers and there's no pictures. No just, pictures. Just, just graphics. A lot of type. Yeah. you got to read. Wow. wow. So there you go, kids. Great. Jeff, uh, Justin, we're about ready to roll up here, but I'm wondering if somebody out there, and we got an awful lot of listeners who usually flurry in when we have a collectibles uh, show, if we do have someone out there they have a newspaper they're not sure about. They'd like to know if they send pop us over an e email here at galaxymoonbeamnightsight at gmail.com, you will... I will appraise it for them. <laughs> you will appraise it? <laughs> yes. What's that show on PBS? With pen in hand. Antiques, Antiques Roadshow? Antiques newspaper Roadshow. Road Road That's Jeff right. Prescott. Newspaper Roadshow. Road I do not guarantee any any of my opinions, but I'll, I'll do my best. But you will get the eight-star edition of Jeff's oh, yes. acumen the eight and star. knowledge. The eight-star. <sighs> the bulldog. The bulldog right, edition. So to speak. Well, we're going to wrap it up here. This hour has flown by. As you, the listeners, know, we've gone to an hour on this show. This is something you're going to hear more and more of. We've gone from the 30-minute format up to the hour format. And here's why, guys, like our good friend Jeff Prescott, can't pack it all in in 30 minutes. No. It's like uh, getting the newspaper and having page three torn out of it. <laughs> in newspaper rhetoric, metaphor, correlation, hyperbole talk. Yeah, exactly. How's that? Yeah. My journalism teacher would have fired me on the spot for that one. 
Actually, I flunked out. The feature section used to be called the woman's section. The woman's oh, section. Really? That, yes. How sexist yeah. was that? My, oh, my. Hey, how about the wedding notices, Joe? Oh, yeah. Well, I still read the weddings of the New York Times to see who gets married. <laughs> the but, the uh, poor bride, she was actually, her by name, she was almost referred to as chattel, wasn't she? You know? Uh, that the, was all society there. <laughs> the doctor and Kimmy Davis. You know, Kimmy Davis, it sounded like somebody's poodle. <laughs> the Dr. Jonathan Edwards. Don't forget in the old days, divorce was a yes. major scandal. That the divorcee mm -hmm. was mm -hmm. doing this and that and then wound up murdered. And one Just thing like about the Herald Examiner, they loved a good celebrity <laughs> divorce. It was dragnet on, on paper, right? Oh, it was exactly. big time. It was cool. But we are going to roll up here, and we do thank you for listening here to our friend Jeff Prescott. Galaxy Moonbeam Nightsight here on the Galaxy Nostalgia Network. Let me tell you really quickly the way to find us. You've already found us on uh, Apple iTunes because that is because we're on Apple iTunes here on podcast, a downloadable podcast. You can catch us and find the shows for download at galaxymoonbeamnightsight.com, galaxymoonbeamnightsight.com. Email us at galaxymoonbeam at gmail.com. We are on Facebook. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash Guess what? You won't believe this. Galaxy Moonbeam Night Sight. <laughs> anyway, on behalf of all our listeners and our big team, our extended family, the G-Men here at Galaxy Moonbeam Night Sight, I'm Mike. I'm Smitty. I'm Ian. And I'm Jeff. Extra, extra. Read all about it. Thanks a lot. We'll be talking to you again right here on Galaxy Moonbeam Night Sight. Thanks for listening. This is the Galaxy Nostalgia Network.